Hello there, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Cookie Cast. Today on Cookie Cast, it's wrestling time. That's right, the Getting Over podcast is back for what some would say is the biggest event of the wrestling calendar. That's right, WrestleMania. WrestleMania is so big, it needs to be split into two days, two nights, and in true getting over fashion, we like to mimic what the wrestling's doing. So we have done two podcasts. So don't forget to check out both episodes to check out all of the predictions. You can also submit your own predictions and enter our competitions to win goodies, prizes, Funko Pops. Before we get into part one of two, please consider like, share, subscribe and comment. Drop reviews where you can drop reviews and just generally share the podcast around. means a lot to us for all of our fans that share our podcast with other fans. So big thank you from us for that. Right, let's get going because there's a lot to get through. So here we go. This is getting over part one. Yeah, part one. Here we go. Recording in progress. Hello. My fan's starting off. That can only mean one thing. It is the return of getting over to the Cookie Cast Network, your home of all things wrestling and WWE. Uh, as usual, I'm not here on my own, although we are a man down this time around. And what a time. What a time for him to go on his holidays. If only it really was a holiday, Matt, when you listen to this back. Um, yeah, Matt's not here. But the good news is I am joined, as always, by the host of the NFL and Darkest Timeline podcast, the head honcho of Cookie Cast himself, Mr. Andrew Cook. Good he's evening. Rocking, he's rocking the merch. And uh, and the other guy who's on everything as well, uh, Paul Williams. Oh, that'd be me then. <laughs> ah, you both all right, fellas? Can't complain. Very good, thank you. Good, good. Now, there's, there's been a bit, a bit of time. Um, some would say longer than we anticipated between the last podcast and this podcast Uh, but that's partly to do with schedules and partly to do with other things that shall not be discussed right now however uh, we do have some predictions title to talk and going into Elimination Chamber last time around I was defending champion but would I hang on that was the question so we had a total of five points for uh, the uh, the matches this time around, and out of a possible five points in a very close contest, in joint third place, we have Matt and Paul on three points, so three out of five. Uh, now, in joint first place, we have Andy and myself. So yeah, we've we've got two pairs this time around, but I did have to break the bad news to Paul a little ahead of time that he didn't win this time around. Um, so I did charge him with the uh, task of finding a tiebreak question for myself and Mr. Cook. So, Paul, over to you. Uh, just before I uh, give you the tiebreak question, um, what was the uh, what was the particular result that, that shafted me, as it were? Um... Well, I mean, you did pick Sami Zayn to win by disqualification in the main event, which was a little silly. Um, and the other one that you picked was uh, Lesnar by DQ. So that was your two two that you got wrong. Well, I mean, I was I was half right with one of them. I just picked the wrong person to win by disqualification. Um, I have to say as well that in the predictions last time around I did pick Lashley to win by disqualification but I did just give myself one point I didn't shaft Andy a chance <laughs> of, of taking the title this time I did play fair um, so effectively uh, Andy and yourself both predicted Edge and Beth correctly everybody got Asuka winning the elimination chamber I got Lashley was the only one to pick Lashley uh, everybody picked Theory 
and everybody apart from you, Paul, picked Reigns. Those were the, uh, the the full breakdown. There wasn't that many matches last time, so it didn't take too long to go through. Um, so yeah, high break time. Okay, so I tried to keep it on. Well, not on brand because obviously it's WWE, but um, on time of year, shall we say? So obviously, this will be our WrestleMania preview podcast. So, do you have a means of writing down a number? fellas. Uh, I mean, I, I thought you'd have yeah. my phone number by now, Paul, but yeah. Uh, Andy's, Andy's got his phone, so you're good to go. I'll wait for Mr. Woman to take a video of Iggy that he's uh, ready. Yep, he's ready. So, what was the official WWE declared attendance for both nights of last year's WrestleMania? So obviously it was a two-night show, as it will be again this year. There were periods of each show where they declared the WWE-specified attendance for that night. So I'm looking for both nights added together. So I do have the exact number here. If you need a clue, when it was hosted in Dallas four years previous... The official attendance was over 100,000. This year, it did not get to 100,000 on either night. So it was less than 100,000 each night. Will be the un- will be the sort of ballpark that takes it in. Right, and you are the total of the two nights. Yeah, so if you work out like what you think it would have been for one night and either double it or basically think of what you what you'd think would be the average in times of by like two or yeah, whatever you wanna whichever way around you wanna do it basically. I mean I could have written this a little bit bigger so you'll pick it up on camera, so I'm just gonna rewrite it. <laughs> I mean, what you're essentially listening to right now, ladies and gentlemen, is the sound of a man writing an incorrect answer. <laughs> If, if either one of them get it spot on, I think they automatically just win the next month's predictions. Do you both have an answer? I do. Andy is nodding away. Yes, sorry, yes. Listening to the podcast. For audio listeners, yes, I have. <laughs> I, have, I, have I, have, I have two numbers to show my workings out. Excellent. Do you want to uh, show them to the screen and uh, read them out for the uh, for the listening public? I have gone. Andy, we'll go for yours first. Me? Yes, please. I have gone with 96,363. I have times that by two to produce 192,726. I like it. Stu, what have you got? I haven't gone quite that high. Um, I don't know why, I, I just, I, I had a feeling it wasn't as much as last time, and because they'd spread it over two nights, they weren't probably as asked about fitting every man, dog, cat, brother, sister's aunt in with a shoehorn. So I have gone for 173,426. Okay. So, night one had an, had an officially declared WWE number of attendance as 77,899 people. Andy shaking his head because I think he knows what's coming. Night two had an officially declared attendance of 78,453, giving a total across two nights of 156,300 and 52. Congratulations, Mr. Woodmancy. You take the point and therefore the win. Obviously, the attendance figures um, used to be given as uh, officially declared. Then now, if you look anywhere, they're always given as disputed figures because apparently um, there's, there's something doing the rounds that apparently when they're asked for figures, WWE declare not just the paid attendance, they include everyone that's in the building so they include vendors wrestlers 
staff, parking attendants. Uh, they're not, in, they're not in the building, though, necessarily. Well, yeah, but if they stand at the door, <laughs> they could be classed as being in the building. So basically, I think it's anyone who's on site for the event gets included into the uh, into the total, which is why, obviously, when they had the uh, the previous uh, the previous WrestleMania there in thir- for thirty two, they were saying that they had over a hundred thousand people. That's been disputed as well. Yeah. Um, obviously, when they when they ran uh, the Pontiac Silverdome. Or the Superdome, if you ask uh, Hulk Hogan, uh, back at WrestleMania three, um, I think it was ninety three thousand or something mm. like that, and that's again been disputed because again the, there's been the argument that it included anyone that was in the building, in including the wrestlers. So, and I, I knew that the the original um, AT and T WrestleMania was was a, I'm sure it was one hundred and one thousand seven hundred or something. That. It was it was big. But um, that was that was back in the good old days where you only had to uh, worry about one night of your entire weekend being devoted to watching the wrestling. Whereas now it's uh, it's become this phenomena of, and and I guess that's really what we've got COVID to thank for because this is where the two night mania all started. Um, well, yeah. See, mate, I, I suppose it's always it's always kind of been a two night show. Because I'd always include the, uh, the the Hall of Fame as basically like one of the nights. Obviously, we've discussed it before, but me and Stu went to WrestleMania 30. And as part of the package, we went to not only the, the Hall of Fame, but then we went to the Raw on the Monday after as well. So, I mean, you could argue that it's basically, what, five days? Well, four days. Because you've now got the SmackDown on the Friday, the NXT show on the Saturday afternoon yeah well we'll we'll get into that now because that that is a very good segue because obviously what Paul mentioned we are here to talk about uh, Wrestlemania and we will go through our Wrestlemania predictions and because Wrestlemania is, is the show that's too big for one night it's also too big for one podcast so we've got uh, our predictions split up into two very special episodes for you um Normally, regular listeners will know that uh, we we would probably go into the news section at this point. Well, WrestleMania is so big, we didn't want to kind of waste time with with any kind of trivial bits and bobs this time. It it's Christmas Eve for wrestling fans, isn't it? So we we thought we'd get into a um, little bit about NXT, a little bit about the Hall of Fame, and then we'll go for gold with uh, with our night one prediction. So we'll start exactly with what Paul just mentioned the uh, the NXT show. Uh, they are presenting Stand and Deliver. On the, uh, April 1st, uh, WWE ambitiously putting on two shows on the same day. Um, NXT special will air, I believe, local time. It's uh, one in the afternoon is when it starts, so that the, the, the people who are lucky enough to be there will, will get to go to Stand and Deliver, grab some tea, and then go straight into the, uh, the, <laughs> the SoFi Stadium to, to take in WrestleMania Night 1. Uh, that is going to be a long day. If you, if, it's going to be a long weekend if you if you're taking in every single show. Um, it, it's just an insane amount of wrestling. But not only that, but there'll be shows around the area. So if people aren't going to stand and deliver, there's WrestleCon to go to. No doubt, some of the uh, the other promotions over there will be putting on shows local to uh, SoFi as well. So people have have a bit of a choice, but. But yeah, we're going to focus on on NXT Stand and Deliver just uh, for the, for the first part. Standout matches from Stand and Deliver coming up include Johnny Gargano going back to the yellow and black to take on Grayson Waller. A triple threat for the NXT Tag Team Titles sees the UK's own Gallus Boys defending against the Creed Brothers and Tony D'Angelo and Stax. Uh, a five-way is set to determine the North American title as Wesley takes on newcomer Dragon Lee, amongst others. The women's champion will also be decided in a five-way match, but the difference is this one's going to have a ladder. So um, we've had this whole thing with Roxanne Perez where she was she was so exhausted after the match with Mako Satomura that she just passed out and was poorly and didn't know if she was going to be able to carry on defending her title. Uh, well, she's back now. Um, they, but in the meantime, whilst she was away, they'd already started the process of qualifying for this ladder match to determine a new champion. And now she's better again. She's been added added to the lineup. So that 
could be pretty tasty that to be honest. Although I do have a personal favourite in that match because um, I'd really like Zoe Stark to get a, a good run because I think she is an incredible wrestler. Uh, the the main event of NXT Sand Deliver this time around is Bron Breaker and Carmelo Hayes. Carmelo Hayes. It's not easy with a whole accent, ladies and gentlemen. Competing for the men's NXT title. Now, I may be a little bit on my own, because I'm guessing that NXT for many may have, have slipped by the wayside since the change, particularly to, to 2.0, then evolving into what it is today. But honestly, there is a lot that I enjoy on NXT more, again, right now, than some of the stuff on the main roster. They've got stories that weave through the entire card. It's not just one massive storyline and loads of random shit happening underneath. Um, are some of the stories in NXT a little bit daft? Yes. But it's still entertaining, and that's kind of what it's about. So I'm, I'm personally looking forward to the three singles uh, title matches the most off the card. Uh, but as an added bonus with that time difference, it'll start around six in the evening for us. So it means that I'll be able to uh, watch some wrestling on WrestleMania weekend without having to stay up to the crack of dawn. Um, will any of you guys be partaking in Stand and Deliver, or will you leave it? Uh, I, I mean, I, I can't even remember the last time I saw any, any NXT stuff, uh, and I've not really seen much of the um, of the takeover since the switch to two point So. 2.0's sort of died a bit of a death though now. They've, they've kind of they've moved away from that, that branding. Um although yes the titles still do have the Crayola backgrounds, um it's it's not it's moved back more it, it's definitely closer to the black and gold. It's definitely not that level, but it's not quite the sort of I don't know, preschool version as it as it maybe once was and They've got some good. They've got some good people coming through there. Carmelo Hayes, for sure, is definitely one to watch at the moment. But there's there's rumours as well that um, we're going to get two post WrestleMania debuts. Um, one of which is is apparently Bron Breaker, so that may kind of sway people towards thinking what's going to happen there. But the other one, finally, it looks like we're going to get the debut of Cameron Grimes on the main roster, which he has been missing in action for some time. So I'm, I'm very much looking forward to see what happens there. I'm also not quite as worried as I maybe used to be about NXT guys coming to the main roster because we haven't got the instant uh, fear of Vince McMahon sticking them in dominatrix clothing and making them lose to everybody. So there's also that. But yeah, so uh, as we mentioned as well, Hall of Fame is going on. This time around, that's going to be on the Friday night, so that's going to be on Friday the 31st of March. And with less than a week to go, only five inductees have actually been announced, which is kind of weird to me. I think that's going to be it as well. I don't think they're going to announce anybody else. Unless it comes to start SmackDown, which would be a very odd time to sort of announce it. Mm. it, it it's, it's bizarre, but... I can't decide if it's on purpose to reduce the run times or because just plans have completely fallen through and actually, for want of a better expression, WWE have really shit the bed this year with Hall of Fame. Um, I mean, that's quite up to you to decide. If you want to Google Dave Batista's current plans, maybe that'll give you an indication of which way uh, I, I believe it may have gone. So, so Dave, you're you're a big movie star now, right? Yeah, yeah, cool. Right, we're doing WrestleMania in Hollywood, and you were definitely supposed to get inducted a couple of years ago. Can you do it? I'm I'm in South Africa, mate, filming a film. Yeah, don't get that. Um, anyway, the the, the four main inductees, if that's a thing, uh, that have been announced are Andy uh, Kaufman for the Celebrity Wing, the Great Muta for the Never Wrestled in WWE Wing. Long-time WCW talent acquired by WWE as part of the takeover, Stacey Keebler, and uh, current but very long-tenured WWE performer, Rey Mysterio. The fifth uh, announcement was made, not to date the podcast too much, a matter of, I guess, minutes ago, really, still, because it was, it was within the last couple of hours. Um, and that is going to be the Warrior Award is given to former referee 
Tim White, although unfortunately he's no longer with us. So he was uh, had a very long and storied career himself. Big friends with Andre the Giant. So I'm assuming that it'll be a family member potentially that does that speech. That could be an interesting one. For me, other than I, I mean, I, I still keep the Warrior Award to one side. I find it really odd that there's only really to me one like true WWE like legend, if you like, for want of a, for a better word. What are your thoughts on on those people going in? I think I think if you actually look at the time spent in the company, I think Keebler was actually in WWE for longer than she was in WCW. For to be fair, so. I don't think I, I think Keebler was always going to go in. Um, it always sounds it sounds a bit sort of like horrible to say it, but they're kind of running out of women they can induct. Absolutely not. I will I will shove this as far down your throat as you can if you're going to start with that. Jazz. No. Um, she wasn't there big, that long. She was maybe there for what eighteen months in like so. a decent capacity. Yeah, Victoria's but, Victoria's one that should definitely. Be. But the the impact that that she, that Jazz had on it, anyway, yeah, Victoria, yeah, Mickey, yeah, Mickey James, Mickey James is a, is a strange one because she'll definitely go in, but it's just a case of they just wait for her to officially retire. Mm, maybe, but well, they didn't wait for Mysterio; they've just cracked on it. Like, yeah. uh, something like yeah. Well, I'll wait till that so we get to that particular prediction for that particular match because I think something might happen with that. Well, that's potentially a spoiler there, ladies and gentlemen, but an even bigger spoiler. That'll be on the next episode, so you've got even longer to wait. Well, you won't, because they'll both get released at the same time. But, but yeah, uh, that will be on the uh, second arm of the predictions. But, yeah, I... Weirdly, before uh, we started recording tonight, just happened to have the network on, and they should... uh, the, one of the WWE 24, in fact it would be the first WWE 24, all about WrestleMania 13, as, as Paul mentioned before we were there. I would struggle to find probably a higher profile class than we got that year. Like, I, the amount of the amount of talent that was in like Ultimate Warrior, to have Jake the Snake and Scott Hall in the same class was nuts. But I, it just feels like they're really kind of watering it down these days. Yeah, I mean, like obviously, I know, I know, I just said they're running out of they're running out of women and stuff like that. But obviously, the more people you induct, the less people. It sounds stupid to say, but the less people there are to induct, mm. or the less sort of high profile people. I mean, at this point, the biggest names that you'd say that aren't in in any capacity is. The Rock, he'll be going in at some point. It's just a case of when. Um, arguably the biggest of them all, Vince, but he's always said, I'm pretty sure he's not going in until he's dead. Let's be honest. And and to be honest, if at all, the way things have panned out over the last 12 months. I mean, you could make an argument that every single one of the McMahon family needs to go in hmm. of their own accord, to be yeah. honest with you. Um Triple H isn't in under his own name. He's only in as part of factions. Mm-hmm. Um, would you say that X Pac's done enough to sort of over the course of his career to warrant a place in there on his own? I'd say so. I think that's a difficult one though because he's got the DX induction and the NWO induction. Is it a case of are you back again? You're a loyalty card fella. Like it's it's a bit of a strange one that I, I don't think he will go in on his own because. I, I, I wouldn't say it's the wrong decision, but I think if they were going to do it, they should have done him on his own first. Regal? I I think they're always keeping him in the back pocket in case they decide to do a mania over here. Mm. He'd be the absolute sto- it'll be the absolute standout for the, the headline after the, after the holiday mm. for that particular year. Yeah, I, I, I can't see them I mean, I couldn't see them doing a, a clash at the castle or a money in the bank, but they did. But I, still, I can't see them doing a mania over here. If the money, the money talks, and if if they can do it in somewhere like Wembley, where they know they can put over hundred thousand people in there, 
and they can do it for they could even try and write run it for like three nights and it'd sell out. So yeah. they'd find a way. They'd find a way. I mean, I'd, I'd take another weekend in Cardiff because I enjoyed that trip. It was good, <laughs> and it's got a roof on it. Just saying. <laughs> But yeah, so that, that that's kind of brought the uh, NXT stand and deliver and the Hall of Fame stuff to an end, which can mean it's only time to start talking about some night one predictions. Now, as I mentioned, it is Christmas Eve for WWE and wrestling fans around the world. As this coming weekend, WWE presents the annual spectacular WrestleMania. The 39th edition is once again split over two nights, as we've discussed, on the 1st and 2nd of April, live from SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles, home of the Los Angeles Chargers and some other shit NFL team nobody's heard of. Um, This year's spectacle is to be hosted by none other than former WWE WrestleMania main eventer and winner, not The Rock, the one that's better, with the same first name, the Miz. Uh, so yeah, and the the news was confirmed earlier that he's also going to be accompanied by his wife. So there is a little bonus there for everybody um, of that persuasion. As always, match card information that we're about to discuss is correct at time of recording, and it's taken from WWE.com. But in this case, the cards are subject to change. 13 matches have been slated for the two nights, but most have not been allocated to a particular night as of recording. So I've done our best to kind of split them down. We've got seven matches for this episode, six matches for the for the next episode, and I'll try to split it as evenly as, as I can. Um, but the one that we do know, well, one of the two we do know, definitely, because it's been announced... Confirmed to be opening match on night one, the current United States champion, Austin Theory, will defend his title against probably the most famous US champion in WWE history, John Cena. I'm actually quite looking forward to this one. Uh, I feel that both men have actually got something to prove, and that might seem ridiculous saying that for John Cena. Um, But like Theory's got to prove that he can hang on the big stage with effectively one of WWE's Mount Rushmore faces. And Cena's got to prove that he can still do it after an extended time away. I mean, his last match was New Year's Eve because he was just just creeping in there for the uh, for the one match that year to extend that streak. He won't have to worry about that. He can have New Year's Eve off this year because he's got a match in April. Um, but yeah, a theory also as well has had quite a lot of comparisons to John Cena like at the similar stage in his career in terms of like look and attitude. But I guess we're about to find out if Theory can back it all up and show that he can can really do it all day. So, gentlemen, we will get into the predictions. Even though Mr Moore isn't with us today, he has submitted some predictions ahead of time. So they are already in the book, as are mine. Um, I will tell you, that both myself and Matt have predicted the same way for this first match, and we have taken Austin Theory to retain the US title. Thoughts? Paul's going down the same route. Certainly am. So another one. It's, it's just one of these ones where it doesn't make any sense for like, like what does what does Cena winning the US title do for the storyline other than just kill absolutely any momentum that Theory might have. Um, he's clearly not going to be sticking around for a prolonged period of time. He might turn up for the next couple of weeks and stuff like that, but he's going to be off filming whatever it is that he needs to film next. So I would imagine this is just a sort of a, not a retirement match by any stretch of the imagination, but certainly a, a winding down of sorts. Uh, so yeah, I would uh, I would like to think that even John doesn't politic his way into a win at this particular point. So Theory win for me. Okay. I I went around exactly that theory, so to speak. Uh, Andy? When I looked at this match originally, I was like, oh, I'll go with John Cena. It's absolutely the right move. And I was like, no, no, it's not. It does nothing. It does absolutely nothing for anything. It's almost one of those, having the match is a little 
pointless when the outcome's basically set in stone. It does absolutely nothing to have John Cena win this match. So it's uh, it's a clean sweep for the first match. It is indeed a theory across the board. So we will move to the second match I have on the list, and this one will not take long, I assure you. This is the Women's Showcase Fatal 4-Way Tag Match. And it's Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez versus Natalia and Shotzi versus Sonya Deville and Chelsea Green versus Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler. And this is the first of two completely random thrown-together matches that are in no way made just to get bodies on a WrestleMania. Oh, no, 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 wait a minute. No, they absolutely are. Um, I'm pretty cross... Like, as... <laughs> I'm not cross that these guys get a payday, don't get me wrong. I'm a bit cross that it's just chucked together in such a haphazard fashion. Out of those, only one are a tag team regularly. And even then, it's only when Rousey needs some backup. Uh, Liv Morgan and Raquel have tagged a little bit. But the other ones, it's like, well, oh, you're, you're a woman, you got some gear, cool, right, you're in this tag team now, off you go. It's really weird, really weird, um, and I'm, yeah, my, my question as I have it written down exactly is who wins and why will it be Ronda and Shayna? <laughs> so, I have picked Ronda and Shayna. Yep, shocker. The only thing, the only thing that I can think off the top of my head is, do they have someone else win by, like, quick roll up or a mistake that one of the other two makes and Shayna turns on Ronda and that's where you take that in that direction and stuff like that because at the minute it just seems like Ronda's like just she's just spinning her wheels and stuff like that really it doesn't seem like she's got a direction or anything so no um, yeah, I mean it was surprising to know that I, I obviously agree with Paul, seeing as I've put that down like that. Matt has also agreed and put Ronda and Shayna. So, Andy, are we on for a full clean sweep in two predictions? Trying to avoid previous pitfalls. So, unfortunately, I cannot pick Ronda Rousey to win in any form in this match because I keep picking and... <clears throat> she is the female Drew McIntyre for me. Um... <laughs> So, that led me down the path of who can I pick instead? So, I have got Natalia and Shotzi. I, I would will like sit firmly on Points Island for this one. I would like them to win. <clears throat> because I think Shotzi hasn't really had a, a fair crack of the whip yet. Um, and pairing her with Natalia with a bit of experience, I don't think, is the bit worst of, move. Bit of the old youth and experience combo. Yeah. I, is... Is the reason why Shotzi's not had much of a go because she's not very good? Well, they keep pushing Lacey Evans down now for her occasionally, so, you know, fair's fair, Paul, come on. I'd, I'd say Lacey Evans is probably more accomplished in the ring. Shotzi does make an awful lot of mistakes. I'm not even, I'm not even sure that you, you, that you can justify that. I, I think they're of a very similar standard, and the one thing that you don't get with Shotzi is the uh, weekly social media outrage where she's pissed off a different minority group this week. So yeah, um, funnily enough, Lacey Evans was one of the, in one of the other random teams that was thrown together that didn't qualify for the event. So every cloud. Anyway, speaking of matches that are just completely randomly thrown together, we will move on to match three on my list, which is Brock Lesnar versus Omos. This match could have been Lesnar versus Lashley again, or it could have been Lashley or Lesnar versus Bray Wyatt. Still really not sure what's going on there with him. But instead, we've got this. I have to be honest, Omos still not really working for me. Uh, it's way too soon to get a match against Lesnar. He feels really green still. I've seen reports that have said that Lesnar has picked this match himself. Can only assume that he also was smoking the green at that time. Um, this is just bizarre. Also as well, apparently Lesnar has potential retirement plans. God, it can't be this match, surely. 
if if Omos is the guy to beat Lesnar at WrestleMania, given Lesnar's own history at WrestleMania, I will really not be happy. It won't help Omos get over with me at all, or likely any other fans. It just damages the reputation of Lesnar and those that he's conquered before. And you all know what I'm getting at there. Um, can the man that ended the Undertaker's undefeated streak lose to just a tall unit just because he's tall and a unit? It doesn't wash with me. I can genuinely see this being a repeat or, or very damn close to Lesnar versus Goldberg from WrestleMania 20 in the sense of the matches are completely right off because the crowd just crap all over it and it turns into a car wreck not even sure we'll get a winner necessarily um, but do you guys agree with my, my damning assessment so everything I've seen from like the stuff I've been reading agrees with what you've said apparently Brock picked this match specifically. Apparently, what I read, he, he actually turned down the Bray Wyatt match, but like you said, I'm not sure what the deal there is. And I have seen a lot of this rumour that he is looking to retire. Um, but not from this match. Which is why, if you're looking for a prediction, I would hope mine would already be in the book. Yeah, no fear there. You've got me. Um, so we—that's two for Lesnar because I am on the same the same trail there. Purely because, yeah, the the reasons mentioned before. Please, please, if anybody out there is listening to this that makes any kind of decision, please don't give us almost beating him. As I feel sorry for MVP that he's been lumbered with trying to get this guy over because it's like I'm interested in seeing MVP on weekly TV. I like MVP. He's very good at what he does. He can wrestle. Obviously, doesn't do it so much these days, but he can definitely get any like any situation. He can get himself over with the crowd. I mean, the dead horse is currently carrying around. Not so much, but but yeah, I'd, I'd rather see MVP on his own. <laughs> Paul. Um, I mean, we've we've been discussing this one for what, the last five or six weeks ever since it came out and none of us could work out what the, what the hell was going on with it and stuff like that. Um, as of as at time of recording, as far as I'm aware, Lashley still does not have any involvement in any sort of match. So oh not not on the main not on the main card because he was Lashley was supposed to be fighting Wyatt. Obviously that's kind of gone astray because Wyatt's doing what if he's put up the Something says injured, something says poorly. Regardless, whatever he's up to, obviously wish him the best. Lashley has been bumped from the WrestleMania main card to the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal on SmackDown. That is a kick in the nuts after the work that that guy has put in over the last two two years or so. So, I mean, I've got Brock to win. No surprise. But I don't, like you said, I don't know if it's a case of this one will be uh, shady sort of happening, run-ins, disqualification, something like that. I, I don't know, but I, I, I still think there's Lashley slash Hurt Business slash somebody getting involved in some sort of way that means that Technically, it's not—it's a win for Brock, but it's not because it's not the match that's advertised or something like that. It's yeah, it'll be. It'll, I don't, either way, Brock might have been strong. Let's put it that way. Okay, like I said, I, I have agreed with you, gentlemen. Uh, Matthew, however, has not. Uh, maybe this is why he's not here because he didn't want to admit to predicting almost live on air. Who knows? Uh, but yeah, he he has gone for almost, so he will be on Point Island should that occur. Uh, moving on, I have the six-woman tag match between the current WWE Women's Tag Team Champions Becky Lynch and Lita, accompanied by Trish Stratus, versus Damage Control, so Bailey, Eosky and Dakota Kai. From a match that I feel will be sneaky bad, as we discussed in the last one, I think this one might be sneaky good. 
certainly the match for the nostalgia feels with the Trish and Lita combination being back in action, uh, but also probably the most stacked in terms of talent in one match, from certainly from the women's perspective. And yes, I am still talking about that uh, showcase match we mentioned earlier. Lita women the tag team titles kind of feels right, even if it is about 10 years too late. Uh, and even if the partner was a bit of a surprise in it being Becky Lynch, Rumours also flying around at the moment that Trish may be back for a little while, potentially until SummerSlam, to take part in a feud. And you would kind of then think that this match would be the catalyst to propel that forward, if indeed those rumours are true. I think this has definitely got the potential to be a high-tempo affair, particularly with the likes of uh, Io and, and Lita being in that mix from a high flyers perspective. But yeah, who who takes this one in so far right, this weekend? Andy? I feel as far as wrestling podcasts go, if the phrase there's absolutely no way that Bailey's not winning this one doesn't come up, it's probably something's gone gone seriously wrong somewhere. So the opportunity to say it would be I'll have uh, damage control for the win here because absolutely no way that Bailey's losing this one. Excellent. And Paul? I am 100% in agreement with Mr. Cook. I have also gone for damage control to win this one. I saw some stuff on the, uh, you know, IWC, as I believe it's known by all the cool kids, uh, in that there was, there was talk of this setting up a potential Trish heel turn to cost Lita and Becky the match. And then... You've got the potential there. You've got the you can go with the the Lita Trish feud again, or you start the Becky Trish feud. So you've got the mix of the the generations crossing there. Um, I'd be all for that. I haven't seen heel Trish for a while, so that'd be quite nice. She always used to play quite a good bad guy, so I would be uh, certainly on board. I am in full agreement. Um, I think that the way that this will play out will be that Trish will ultimately cost. The win. I'm not necessarily saying that she'll join Damage Control. I mean, I wouldn't be against that. That would be quite cool as well. But I have a feeling that it's going to go the way of she will be the heel from now until, like I say, until SummerSlam. She'll cost, also end up costing Trish and Lita the, the tag team titles at some point. But also, ultimately, Trish and Lita are collectively known as Team Bestie for a reason. So at some point, is Lita also going to join the dark side, maybe, and leave leave uh, Becky out on her own? Because we've never really had bad guy Lita, certainly since the days of um, when she was with Edge for a little while. Uh, but yeah, I think I think that could be an interesting angle. But us three on live on the podcast have picked Damage Control. Matthew again has gone the opposite way and has picked Becky, Lita, and Trish to win that match. So once again, could be a smart move. We'll see. We'll see you the weekend. Uh, right, this is the point where I'm feeling like I should probably hand over to Andy for clearly his most anticipated match of the entire weekend. Um, you've told me before how much you enjoy seeing Paul on the week. Oh, you meant this Paul, not Logan Paul, didn't you? Oh, damn, got this wrong again. Now I just feel silly. I think, though, Andy would be very excited to see Logan Paul this weekend take multiple stomps from Seth Rollins was uh, was where I was going. Um, it's been a bit of a tough build, this one, for me. As you'd expect, Rollins has done most of the heavy lifting, probably due to Logan Paul's light WWE schedule. We had to wait until the final couple of weeks to see the build in person, really, from, from Logan. But he did manage to twice lay out Seth Rollins with his surgically reinforced fist. In fairness though, to Logan Paul, he, he has had some impressive spots in his relatively short WWE tenure so far. and He does have a little way to go to prove that he can keep it up at that level on the regular. And he has really only worked with top-level established talent up to now. I mean, it's, it's okay doing it on the world stage if you're going against stars like Roman Reigns, The Miz, and Seth Rollins. But I think the real question that we need to ask is, could he really do it on a cold, rainy Tuesday in Stoke? Um, it remains to be seen. 
So I, I think because it's almost, I feel like we're going to channel some football podcast here, and I think purely because it feels like Andy's home game, we should leave Andy's until last. Um, so I'll, I'll jump in with Matt, and just just to stoke that fire that little bit more, Matt has picked Logan Paul to win. I, I, you see, it's another controversial pick, and he's not here. So it's an interesting pick. Uh, just to go back to the uh, can he do it on a wet Tuesday night in Stoke? Obviously, the uh, the regularly scheduled post WrestleMania European tour did add Stoke as a uh, stopping point for this uh, this year's uh, this year's tour. So we'll get to find out. I dare say that <laughs> Logan Paul is the headliner at the Bet Three Six Five Stadium that particular evening. Um, yeah, I'll I'll jump in here. I've I've gone for Seth Rollins on this one. I think. Um, if if there's if there's a guy who I don't I don't want to say the phrase lost in the shuffle, but honestly, uh, take away his his sort of his interactions with Cody, obviously, which happened exactly a year ago, pretty much to the day, um, and the sort of the subsequent two matches they had after that, take that out. What has he done that's been relevant to the story since he was the Universal Champion? Uh, Rollins has become the gatekeeper. He's the one. He's the one that they give when somebody's either trying to get in or trying to get over. Because obviously they, they gave him Riddle last summer after the whole Cody thing finished. And yes, Riddle might not be there. That's not Rollins' fault. Rollins didn't. Rollins didn't make him smoke just... all the weed. But, um, I just, I just don't get, I just don't get it. Like, I mean, I, I know that he's not in, he's not, he's, he's had his stuff with Reigns in the past. They went through that. They've come out the other side. That's fine. It just, to me, it just feels like he's, he should be in like the prime years of his career, and they're just wasting him. I think it might not just this. This might be a case of it not just being creative obviously yes it's not been stellar but just pull his personal um life into it for a second is little and is going to be at that stage where she's walking talking everything's kind of formative it's it's time that he's not going to get back so if he's the top of the card every night everywhere he isn't going to get that time with her so i i think it's yes it's not been the creative not been amazing but I, I also think that's potentially by design because he still has had high-profile matches when he's needed. But also, like I say, he's that, he's that guy that they go to to get other people over. Yeah, um, which I can see in that theory as to why Matt has picked Logan Paul to win. Um, the other wrinkle to this story is that Logan Paul's contract is allegedly up at WrestleMania, so there's not Obviously, they won't release any information as if he's re-signed or anything like that till afterwards, because that will uh, potentially squish any kind of prediction there as well. Um, but just just to sneak my uh, prediction in before we get to Andy, um, I can see he's chomping at the bit. Um, I I, I then then do this to the man, so I am also picking Seth Rollins. So you're two one up at the moment, Andy, with the chance to deliver that killer blow. Seth freaking Rollins for me, please. It was already in the book. That one was in the book before the Lesnar pick was in the book. <laughs> so yeah, I thought I thought that would be coming. So there it is. Okay, so again for the what third match in a row now, Matt going against the grave. Is this just going to be another one of those where Matt just walks the entire thing just by picking different to everybody else? I've seen the rest of his picks. It better not be. I don't don't like the way that he's picked some of the other stuff, but you'll have to hang on to find out how that's gone. Um, Okay, so penultimate match on this podcast, penultimate prediction. Uh, I've got the Intercontinental title triple threat match between champion Gunther... Drew McIntyre and Sheamus and simply put once this match is finished Mania might as well be over 
nothing is going to touch this match for me in terms of wrestling quality. Three big lads, all of them can go, all of them at a million miles an hour when they need to, but also understand how to tell a story. Gunther's been pretty dominant since his move to the main roster and was unlucky, in my opinion, not to get the match with Lesnar uh, at the showcase of the Immortals. Drew certainly has got the potential to get his big mania moment in front of a crowd, which he is still owed because I'm not counting that absolute horseshit with Bobby Lashley from last time around. Uh, and Sheamus is probably the sentimental pick because the Intercontinental title is still the only one that is missing after a long and well-decorated WWE career. And it definitely doesn't show any signs of slowing down anytime soon. This is obviously my pick for match of the entire weekend, but who are you going to pick to take the Intercontinental title? Um, I can tell you who Matt has picked. Matt has picked Drew McIntyre. Which is a bit left field for me. Interesting. Um, do you want to go next, Paul? Yeah, can do. Um, I uh, definitely have not taken Drew McIntyre in this one. I have gone for a Gunther retain, uh, and I believe that will come about uh, because obviously they've sown the seeds of a little bit of infighting between Sheamus and Drew uh, in the uh, in the sort of the SmackDowns leading up to this. Obviously, they've had like they've had the, the Fatal Five way or whatever it was to get them to this point. And they had another match, and I think it's because they still couldn't get a winner. They just Adam Pearce made it made it the triple threat. Um, I reckon this will be the beginning of a very hopefully successful Drew McIntyre heel run uh, and I think he will cost Sheamus the match in as much as if I can't have it you can't have it either sort of scenario Okay. I also think that they need they need to build some heels up for something that will happen the next night that obviously we'll get into a little bit later on and I think he's a perfect candidate as a heel to face who we'll get onto later on once something else has happened. Okay. I think I think we uh, we're lay, we're laying some seeds for later on, but I think I think I'm um, picking up what you're putting down. Um I have gone for the sentimental pick. So I have gone for Seamus. He has had WrestleMania moments before. Obviously, the, the 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 biggest one was probably the shortest match of his career in 18 seconds, taking the world title from Daniel Bryan. But he, he, he can, nobody can argue that he doesn't deserve to, to pick up that one that he's missing. Um, part of me does wonder if it will be now, and I hope it is now, clearly, because I've picked him. But part of me wonders if it, if it would mean more if he did take it off McIntyre. So I I think the only the only thing that goes against Sheamus having it now is that everyone keeps talking about oh Gunther's had this incredible run with it. Wouldn't it be nice if he basically sort of like has it for longer than Honky Tonk Man had it? And I think that that'll play in like Triple H's mind, and I think he'll probably want to get him to that point. Mm. Then have him lose it, then he can transition him into the world title picture. That's so, why I think we'll keep it on him. This is, this is Paul petitioning for an Austrian version of the Honkometer to appear on screen every single week. With the so that's just what like that's just like playing songs from like the Sound of Music or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> I think Paul's just dive straight into full stereotype mode there. Um, but yeah, I, I I could I could see that. Um, if I'm honest. I genuinely don't care who wins this match because it's gonna it is gonna be so good. Like any of them could carry it forward. Um, I think it's probably one of the title matches across the weekend, other than the theory uh, match that we've already discussed, where it is most likely that a retain will happen. Um, but yeah, I'm 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 purely picking. Sheamus for the, uh, the, the the feels, so that that's that's my pick. So we've got one pick for each member of the matchup so far. So Andy gets the casting vote this time around. So my my pick's a bit of an amalgamation of everybody's. So I've agreed with Matthew Moore that Drew McIntyre will win this. I believe Drew McIntyre will win this by pinning Sheamus. 
And that will then lead on to a match further down the line between Drew and Sheamus, where Sheamus will beat Drew to take the title. Okay. I, do you know what? I didn't, I didn't have McIntyre in the book for you this time, because I know I, I thought he was on your shit list. He was on my shit list, oh. but I, I saw like like a, a, a weird pattern emerge in the Matrix and was like, <laughs> I can see that working. To be honest, if that did, if that was the uh, if that was the occurrence, so I can see that playing into the runs as well, because obviously then that gives Gunther the out of well, I was never pinned. Mm. So technically, in my eyes, I'm still the champion, and that could move him onto the, the main title picture straight away. And and him also might be onto something there because you know it's not like that Drew and Sheamus have effectively almost got a home pay per view at the beginning of July. You never know. Andy's maybe onto something there, like I say. Okay, so final one for this episode of Getting Over is the SmackDown women's title match. Charlotte Flair versus Rhea Ripley. Everyone will know these ladies have faced off at WrestleMania before, which was WrestleMania 36. But things were a bit different back then. Flair was the NXT women's champion with a fresh-faced Rhea Ripley as the challenger. Other way around. Is that right? Rhea was the champion. Charlotte ah. won the Rumble, didn't she? And she, challenged, she decided to challenge Rhea. Of course. I have got that mixed up. Yeah, that's right. You are correct. Um, because of the, because it had been the NXT uh, title rather than the main roster title. Um, I might not have remembered that the right way around. But I do remember that this was the match that I enjoyed the most from that particular WrestleMania. It was a hell of a match. Um, even though there was no crowd... Not even Thunderdome screens back then, because it was just no, the performance centre. No that was sound. It, it? Yeah. No sound at all, just just the sound of the match. No atmosphere, nothing. That was it. Uh, the stakes are a little higher this time. Uh, there'll be thousands of people there. Probably, if you ask WWE, a few more thousands than there actually are, as Paul alluded to earlier. Uh, but Ripley, this time, is coming in as the Rumble winner, rather than Charlotte. And she's now a former champion in her own right on the main roster. She's established, she's found her persona, she's honed her craft. Is the result going to be different this time? Personally for me, I have gone straight in with a yes, as has Matthew Moore. So we have both taken Rhea Ripley to be taking home the SmackDown Women's title. Paul, is that you in agreement? Yes, please. This, this should be arguably... It probably won't be, but I would have absolutely no issues with this being the start of a Roman-esque long, long, long rear title run. If she held it for the next two years, I would be more than okay with that. She just needs to just mow through everybody. Mm-hmm. Be the most dominant, like, monster, like, women's champion that they've ever seen. Yeah, I, w- I would not disagree with any of that. Um, so we've, we've, we've jumped straight in. So us, us three have all got our picks down for Rhea Ripley, leaving Andy as the last pick again on this one. So are you going against the grain? Or are you, uh, you joining? Oh, here he goes. It's a clean sweep for the last match of the night. If it is, so in fact, s- the last match of the night. We started on a clean sweep for predictions and we are ending this episode on a clean sweep of predictions so as I mentioned earlier on we've, we've split the card up as best as we can um, it may not be the running order it may be exactly the running order who knows at this point Triple H if you're listening obviously clearly you but that's by the by um, what we've decided to do between ourselves as well is that we are going to off air submit a running order ourselves which we are going to use as the tiebreaker. So whoever gets the most matches in the right place over the weekend will get like the. Oh, Paul's already there. It is. It's on, it's on paper already. It's too small for me to cheat and copy it. Um, but yeah, we are. We are. We are going to do that. So in case we need a tiebreaker, we're going to use the running order for that. Um, the only other thing there is left to tell you on this episode is, of course, the Alexa Bliss pop giveaway is still going on. Still here. She's still here. Please, please, somebody take her away because the matter's haunting. 
Um, but yeah, if you haven't already, if you're not watching us on YouTube, head over to YouTube right now, click the subscribe button, give us a little uh, subscribe on there and your name will be added to the pot. Uh, once we get to 100 subscribers, two of those Funko Pops will be given away. Um, one specifically to the, the, the first 50 odd of you that were, were there before the competition started. And one is free reign for, for everybody. So please head over there and do that now. It will be very much appreciated. And you'll never miss another getting over again. Or Darkest Timeline. Or F1 Podcast. Straight to the Apex. Or Football Podcast. Who knows? You, do, you won't miss any of any of this good stuff. So that is it for this episode. Join us momentarily, if you will. Oh, I don't know. Go get a drink. Do what you want in between, but just join us again for the second half of our WrestleMania predictions. So, thank you very much, gentlemen, for joining us on this episode. We'll see you shortly. Bye. So, there you go. What do you think to that? Part one done. Make sure to tune into part two. There's still plenty more predictions to go. Thank you for listening to this one. If you made it all the way to here, you're doing well. Just uh, one more bit to go. Before you switch over to part two, please do like, share, subscribe and comment. Leave us a review. You can even check out the website. It's thecookiecast.com. There you can email us at a click of a button or even follow some of our social media links. Right, that's it for this one. There is another one, so check out the other one. Uh, But... Uh, Until next time, I'm going to say bye, and I'll see you then. Thanks for listening to this episode of Cookie Cast.